What's the room again? Uh, 1240, down at the end. Ooh, what's that? Sammy, don't touch that. That's someone's old food. Here we are. Do you have the key? You have both of ours. Oh, right. Not working. Rub it. Come on. Try flipping it over. Seriously. Why can't we go inside? I'm tired. Give me yours. You have mine. All right. Please, if you could just... Dad, why aren't you opening the door? Can everyone just shut the... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. I don't know about effort and defense, but someone who I think would help them with processing, basketball IQ, veteran leadership, dare I say, is their most recent opponent. And again, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Their most recent opponent was the Philadelphia 76ers, where one James Harden, when, I don't have his stat line in front of me, but he went for like 29 and 10 or something like that. 28 and 10. It was a 28 and 10. And <laughs> the guy is just still really, really excellent at basketball. I mean, he's not nearly as explosive and as dynamic as he was when he played with the Rockets. And we're going to talk about this a hundred times uh, probably throughout the off season, but did, did it feel like whenever, whenever they play, and I don't only get to play twice a year with them being in the East now, but does it feel like whenever you watch the Rockets play against James Harden, that, He's basically just everything that they're lacking. Like what he offers as a basketball player is essentially everything that they're lacking from playmaking to shot creation to uh, to the obviously the three point shooting, basically everything except what we would probably characterize as effort and defense. It was not things that are synonymous synonymous with James Harden. Um, but even there, I think he would be better than a lot a lot of what you've seen for the Rockets defensively. Uh, does it does it feel like that whenever you watch them uh, sort of head to head? Well, I mean, obviously, because they don't have anybody who does well. You know, I shouldn't necessarily say that because um, Harden was pretty bad against them uh, in December, and he was just coming back from yes. a foot injury. Yes, he um, was. That's true. It, it just stands out how much they missed Kevin Porter Jr. And Kevin Porter Jr. is kind of supposed to be that guy, and he hasn't been able to play. So um, I think if you have Porter, this thing looks a whole lot differently because he is a guy who can get to the rim and create shots for other people, and they just don't have a whole lot of that right now. But, yeah, it's clear um, James Harden would help them. And if they were to – if, if they're, they've got some cap space, um, and Rafael Stone, as he said on Friday, they – they will probably wind up having more cap space than anybody in the league. And so they will have the ability to add a uh, free agent. And James Harden is a free agent. I think that they will certainly explore that possibility of bringing him back. I don't think that uh, – I, I think that he would certainly be interested in a reunion as well. And it makes way too much sense because, frankly, they need somebody like that. They need somebody who can just elevate them because will – will they win a championship if they bring back James Harden? Probably not, but – you know that's not what that's not the that's not the curve that we're grading on at this point because right now they are they are staring back to back twenty win seasons in the face so you can't win a championship unless you win you know more than twenty games so you know you can't you can't walk until you can crawl and right now they're kind of in like the scooting part of uh, of their uh, infancy so yeah I mean they they need something to make them competitive and James Harden would make them somewhat competitive yeah I I think it's fascinating that it's just the whole you know we've reached a point now where the grass is not has not been greener 
on the other side, at least in, in James Harden's first stop. And, and obviously the Rockets have gone through what they've gone through since he's been gone. They've been the worst team in the league. But it, the one thing about it that is weird, is it not weird or awkward to you that this is this flirtation with James is happening, with Harden is happening in the midst of the 76ers actually being competitive and a possible Eastern Conference contender like that's the only part of it that's weird to me like they could win they could lose and he could still decide to to leave either way but it's not like he's still in brooklyn or or like he's playing for the hornets or somebody like that like he's playing on a competitive team with a with an mvp candidate one of the top five players in basketball right now as playing co-star to that guy and we're having this flirtation of James Harden coming home to the Rockets where they can't win over 20 games. Like it's an, it, it's just, just kind of an awkward vibe for me uh, that, that this is, that this is kind of out there and everybody, everybody, it's like the worst kept secret in basketball or at least in rock in you know, in Rockets world that this, that this is something that's realistic that could happen even while he's on a team that could compete for a championship. Yeah. I would not have thought it would happen two years ago, but, I mean, a lot changes in two years, and I do think that he kind of understands just I – mean, he does miss Houston. I think that he misses the city. I think he misses the weather. I think he misses a lot of things. And so um, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I, I would not have thought – you know, it would not have shocked me if he left Brooklyn to go back to the Rockets, but it would be somewhat – I would have been surprised if you would have told me that he's going to leave a Daryl Morey team for the Rockets just because I would have – imagine that Maury I would have figured that Maury would have taken care of him with the contract but you know if if he would have played better last year if he would have been healthy last year if he would have played at a high level then I imagine the Sixers would have given him that max instead he took a pay cut and he only signed what will likely amount to a one-year deal so that kind of changed things and I think that changed the equation for a lot of things but I, I do think that if he would have been James Harden the guy who got to Brooklyn when originally and he would have played at that level, then I don't think there's any doubt that he would have gotten the max from Philly, but it just wasn't there. And a lot of that had to do with just how he played last year and just his health. If it does happen, Adam, if they, if they do pursue James Harden and he comes back and all of that, they do the reunion thing. Does that effectively end the Kevin Porter jr. Era or is there like, and I know we've, kind of discussed a little bit here on this podcast that we could see down the line at some point them trading Kevin Porter Jr. But is that, does that basically mean the same thing or am I misreading that? No, I mean, you need, it's not like James Harden is going to come in and play 40 minutes a game. I mean, I think that Kevin Porter Jr. can very easily come off the bench for you if that's what, what they want him to do. Um, the contract though is very tradable because only, um, only the first year of his contract is guaranteed. So if they feel like, you know, they, they want to move on from him, it's not the hardest contract in the world to trade because if you are, um, if you're the team that might be trading for him, you've got some protections with that contract if you're not totally sold on him. So I, I don't, I don't think it ends the era by, and also let's not forget James Harden and Kevin Porter Jr. are very close. I mean, the, the, those two have a, a really good relationship. Uh, I, I think that Kevin Porter Jr. Tell you that, you know, James Harden's a guy that he's idolized in his career left-handed just like Harden when when Porter scored 50 uh, against uh Milwaukee a couple of years ago it was Harden the one tweeting about it so I think that those two are are, are very close and I I don't think that for I don't think 
Uh, if Harden were to come back, that closes off anything with, with Porter. And, and I do think that they would need Porter to come off the bench, if anything, just to really help out that to help out the offense or the, that second unit. So I, I we'll see how that how that works. And obviously, a lot of things have to happen before we can even get to that conversation. But no, I don't think it ends the Kevin Porter. It, it ends the Kevin Porter Jr. as your starting point guard era. But I don't think that that ends anything else. Yeah, glad to hear that, actually, because I think that Kevin Porter Jr. would be better served and would better serve a team in a role like what you describe as perhaps a six man, maybe as the the catalyst for your second unit, somebody that can sort of uh, come in, come in there and, and give you and, and give you something off the bench. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a fan of that scenario. Um, I, I really only asked the question because I think of how Kevin Porter Jr.'s status within the organization has been elevated since his time's been here and I always wonder about the interpersonal dynamics of how that works. Not, but not necessarily between him and James, but him and the organization and sort of taking a back seat from going from being their best player in the dog years to James Harden comes back. And now he's the sixth man. Like I, w- I would just wonder about the, you know, if like whatever level of ego, and I don't, I'm not saying that Kevin Porter's, Junior's ego is outsized that he wouldn't that he would be above it or anything, but it it would be an interesting change in roles and, and sort of uh, sort of trying to having to take a little bit of a backseat, uh, which would would be an interesting sight, but I think would be a good thing for the Rockets if they uh, if they obviously added a a more traditional type of point guard, uh, whether that be Harden or whoever it is, you know, um, and then let Kevin Porter Junior actually be kevin porter jr which i think could be really good in a uh, in a reserve role what's the room again uh 1240 down at the end Ooh, what's that sammy don't touch that that's someone's old food here we are do you have the key you have both of ours oh right not working rub it come on try flipping it over seriously why can't we go inside Give me yours. You have mine. All right. What? Please, if you Dad, could just... Why aren't you opening I the need door? Can everyone just shut the... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.